0: The singing of the doxology by the PCC Student Body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast.
1: Take your Bibles, if you would please, turn to Acts chapter 20, the book of Acts chapter 20. So, in talking about, you know, whether or not you would intern someplace or whether or not you would work someplace, whether it's at our church someplace else, whatever, um, you know, finding God's will is often not easy. It's just a, it's a challenge. And this summer, I preached this message, and one of the interns who's sitting out here came up and said, Pastor John, you need to preach this message at PCC. Okay, well, I'm... I, put that in the back of my brain, and I've been praying about it since. And so, We're going to start off the week with uh, this message from Acts chapter 20. I'm going to read you a verse from verse 18 first. You can stay in Acts chapter 20. Uh, In verse 18, it says, in verse 21, uh, talking about, we're talking about the Apostle Paul, but bade them farewell, saying, I must, by all means, keep this feast that cometh in Jerusalem, but I will return unto you, if God will. And he sailed from Ephesus. In chapter 19, verse 21, he says, Paul's still talking, Paul purposed in his heart when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem saying, after this, there, after I'm sorry, after I've been there, I must also see Rome. So twice Paul said must, and he is convinced of what God's will is, but sometimes it gets to be a challenge. Let's pray. We'll talk about this. Father, God, we love you. We thank you for being a good and gracious God, for watching over us, and pray that you would just uh, meet with us today in a very special way. God, I know there's people here who are just seeking out what you would have them to do with their lives. And Father, sometimes it's difficult when we face a God who we don't always understand. And I pray that as we're facing that God today, that you would just remind us of what we do know. And we will thank and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, It is sometimes difficult. Now, here in Paul's situation, uh, we're going to find out that he is convinced this is what God wants him to do. But then circumstances begin to make him question, is this really what I'm supposed to do? Now, I'm going to tell you honestly that there are people who will disagree with my take on this. There are people who will preach that Paul was being stubborn and willful and prideful and he put himself in a bad situation and perhaps he could have lived a few more years to, to live for the Lord had he not forced Rome upon himself. And uh, I'm not one of those, so you'll figure that out as we go through this. But we're in Acts chapter 20. Let's take a look at verse 18 together. And It says, And when they were come to him, he said unto them, Ye know that from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind with many tears and temptations which befell me, by the lying weight of the Jews, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but I have showed you and taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. And I, I start here because I want us to understand that Paul's in the work. I mean, there's no question Paul is doing God's work; that God is working through the apostle Paul. He is working individually from house to house. He's working publicly with, with a lot of people. He's out there getting the job done. God is using Paul. In verse 22, he says, And now behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. So he's like, I, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm, I am bound in my Spirit. I, I've got to do this. I cannot say no to this. I've got to go do this at Jerusalem, and I have no idea what's going to happen there, uh, but I'm going to do this anyway, and that's where the Apostle Paul's heart is. Say that the Holy Ghost witnessed in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Verse 24, he says, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry with which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. So Paul's like, this is my heart. I love you people. He's talking to them. I I, I desire to do this ministry. And I know that there's some challenges that are coming, but I want to house to house and publicly do this job because I love what the Lord has called me to. I tell you, those of you who who are studying for ministry, can I talk to you for just a moment? And I know that's not the majority of you. I know that this is a school that's training people for everywhere, right? But... As Christians, we all know this. I hope you do. If not, let me be the one to tell you. You're going into ministry whether you feel called into ministry or not. God has not called just pastors to carry the gospel. The reality is everyone sitting here knows Jesus Christ, are, you're going into ministry. It's just that your ministry is going to be to the medical field as you go become a doctor or a nurse, or your ministry is going to be to uh, the public servants as you go to be, you know, become a police officer or something like that, but you're going to be ministering wherever you go if you are living for Christ. Now, if you say, I don't want to live for Jesus anymore, then maybe you're not going to be in ministry, but the reality is God has called all of us to ministry, and we ought to all embrace this so that we don't know what's coming. We don't know exactly what's in store for us, but we so desperately want God to use us To bring people to Jesus, we're willing to go wherever it is that he has us to go. So I hope that's everyone here that you're going into some sort of ministry. Go down to chapter 21, verse 4. In finding disciples, he says, we tarry there seven days, who said to Paul, now I want you to underline these phrases, this, this phrase here, through the Spirit that he should not go up to Jerusalem. Now, Paul has said, I'm going to Jerusalem. And I don't know what's going to happen there, but I am convinced I must needs go to Jerusalem. This is God's will for my life. Now he meets some friends who, through the Spirit, say to Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. Let me ask you a question. Is Paul supposed to go to Jerusalem or not? And that becomes the challenge for Paul. Trying to figure out, am I really supposed to do this or not? he is convinced he's supposed to go to Jerusalem. And by the way, he's bound in the Spirit. He's convinced that this is what God wants him to do. But now a group of disciples comes to him and says, through the Spirit, Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. And now he has to, he has to find out, figure out what he's supposed to do. Now, I'm going to tell you. There's a, a, I'm trying to talk to you about a God that's hard to understand. And one of the things sometimes that's hard to understand about God is figuring out God's will. Does it bother you that we have a God that you don't understand? Can, Can I say this to us? If we understood God, if I could understand everything about God, then that makes God my equal. Because you know what I don't understand? I don't understand things that are beyond me. I don't understand those things. So if I could understand everything about God, God has to be my equal. I don't want that kind of God. Why would we want to worship a God who's the same as us? We want a God who is greater than we are. And this God of ours is not just greater than we are. He is infinitely greater than we are. I personally believe that we will spend all eternity in heaven with God finding out more about our God. You understand the word infinite? It means that it never ends. So if I enter into eternity today, with the knowledge that I have of God, I will spend all eternity finding out about this infinite God of ours. So when I don't understand something about God, it's to me it's a no-brainer. Of course I don't understand everything about God. I don't want to be a. I don't want to have that kind of a God. But here's. Here's Paul, he's facing that. What should he do? Go down, if you would, please, to uh, verse 11. We're still in Acts 21 now. And when he came, when he was come to us, he took Paul's girdle. Now we're talking, okay, we're coming into the middle of a story, so you have to kind of go back and read it. Took Paul's girdle and bound it in his own hands and said, and, and feet, and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And when we heard these things, both we and they that of that place besought him, Paul, not to go to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, what do you mean with all this weeping and crying? To break my heart. For I am ready not only to be bound, but to die if that's what it takes. You see, Paul is convinced he's supposed to go to Jerusalem. That it's God's will. Even if it kills him. But these people over here who love Paul... So the argument is, are they speaking, because it says by the Holy Ghost, he says, if you go, you're going to be bound hand and feet, right? Paul says, okay, I'm ready, bind me now because I don't care, I'm going to go. And some argue Paul's being stubborn because the Holy Ghost is speaking through these people. And some would argue that the Holy Ghost is simply allowing these people to speak their heart to Paul. Some would say Paul has a legitimate choice. He can choose whichever one. I don't really know the answer, but I do know this. Paul's being used by God, and Paul's desire throughout his life is to please this God of his. And I'm not going to take away from Paul all of a sudden and throw stubbornness in the mix. I'm just not going to do it. Uh, Later on, you're going to find that God says to Paul uh, something, and this is a big deal. Take a look at chapter 23. In verse 11, the night following, the Lord stood by him and said, be of good cheer. The Lord is speaking, Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. Now, you know what I have no question about? I have no question that's God's will. You know why? Jesus is speaking. Hello. That's God's will. Guess where Paul's going? By the will of God. He's going to Rome. Just like he had to go to Jerusalem, according to Jesus. I'm just telling you, sometimes it's hard to figure out what God wants you to do. And you're sitting here and you're getting, you're getting advice from all sorts of people. And everybody that stands up here at this pulpit tells you something good to do. It's like, man, I need to go to this country. I need to go to this kind of ministry. I need to do this. I need to do this. Because your heart's just pulling you all different directions. And sometimes... We face a God who's hard to understand. But, you know, we can get past that. We can. I'm a, I'm a believer that just like God, there's not one way to serve him. There's not one thing about... God is a God of many, many aspects, right? God is holy and just, and God is gracious and merciful. He's both. He's both. So he somehow finds a way to be holy and just while he approaches us through grace and mercy that's a challenge it, it is it's a challenge for a holy god but he can do that he is a he's a an incredible god so it doesn't bother me that you know you can go to jerusalem or not go to jerusalem it, that you can go into youth ministry or you can go into medical ministry it doesn't bother me that god has multiple ways for us to serve him and we'll figure it out and i am convinced that as you here's, here's, can I make this really simple? This is oversimplification, I know. But if you, if you get up today and do what you know God wants you to do, and by the way, as a student, you know what God wants you to do? Read your Bible, pray, witness to people, do your homework. Right? Am I making this hard? Maybe along the way, find a wife, find a husband, but You know, these are the things God wants you to do. So you get up today and you you take that step because the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And if I do today what I'm supposed to do and I do tomorrow what I'm supposed to do and I do the next day what I'm supposed to do, where will I be in 20 years? Right where God wants me to be. I'll be right where God wants me to be. So sometimes we make this more difficult than we ought. But here Paul is facing a God that his will is hard to understand sometimes his will faces some disappointment. It's really difficult to understand. We're in Mark chapter 1 now for just a moment. Mark chapter 1. This is, I can't even grasp how this all works. Again, this is a God that I cannot understand who came in the form of flesh and veiled his godliness so that as a human being, he grew in wisdom and in stature, the Bible says. And then he reaches a point Just before his death, where he's in the garden, and he prays a prayer to his father and says, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, what does he say? Not my will, but thine be done. So we have a God who sends his only begotten son, who's also God who can exercise will independent of the Father and surrenders his will, he became, according to Philippians chapter 2, he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He surrenders his will. And so, again, we're facing a God that we we just don't understand. But in Mark chapter 1, it's a different kind of story. Take a look at verse 23. And there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What are we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee that thou art the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And they were all amazed, insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commanded he the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. And immediately his fame spreads abroad. Look at verse 29. And forthwith, that when they were coming to the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew and James and John. Simon's mother lay sick of a fever. and He comes and heals her, you know that. And verse 32 says this. And at even, when the sun did set, they brought into him... What's the word right here? At even, when the sun did set, they brought into him... What's that word? All that were possessed of devils. All they brought unto him. The city gathered at the door. Look at verse 34. And he healed, what's that word? Many. You know what it doesn't say? It does not say, and he healed all. Figuring out God's will is hard. But sometimes accepting God's will is harder yet. In my mind, in my mind, well, let's see what happens. Let me show you what happens. He heals many. They were sick of diverse diseases, cast out devils, suffered not the devil's speak because they knew him. Verse 35, in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there prayed. And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And when they found him, they said unto him, all, there's that word again, men seek for thee. So here, he, heal, he heals many because all had gathered, but he heals many. And the next day, everybody's back. The next line is a hard one. Look at verse 38. And he said unto them, Let's go to the next town. In my mind, I see this I see a dad who came the night before carrying his little kid who's about to die. And Jesus heals many. And in my mind, that dad sits on the ground and says, I'm going to wait until he comes back. And the next day they say, Jesus, everybody's gathered. And Jesus says, let's go to the next town. And here's this dad watching his child breathe his last breath. He does not get healed. And this dad has to trust the same God that the night before, the guy who came lame walked away whole. They both have to trust the same God. Sometimes God It's hard to trust because we don't understand him. Paul had to trust God's will. I'm going to just trust what I think God wants me to do, and I'm going to do this. But he had other people saying, don't do it. Here is a difficult circumstance. And there may be some of you here today, you're facing some of those difficult circumstances. And you're like, how can I trust God? It's easy for other people. We look at other people's lives And we think, sure, you can trust God. Look at you. Everything's fine for you. But we look at our own lives and think, it's not so easy. Because we, at the moment, are facing a God that we don't understand. And we're called upon, just like Jesus, to say, nevertheless, not my will but thine be done. Like Paul to say, if it means death, that's what I'm going to do. And trusting a God that we don't understand, that's difficult. I have, um, I've been on both sides of this equation. As a general statement, my life is one you should live. I mean, honestly, if you could live the life that God has given me to live, you'll be an old man like I am and you'll be happy about it. It's been a joyful life. But that doesn't mean I've never had any problems. It doesn't mean my, my mom wasn't taken from me way sooner than what she should have been in my mind. It does not mean that after the third miscarriage, my wife and I hadn't just about given up all hope and ability to trust a God we didn't understand. It does not mean that everything has always gone fantastic for me. But in the general statement. I, I love the life God's given me. But learning to trust this God isn't always easy. You say, Pastor, I don't understand. You're right. That's the point. And you may never understand on this side of eternity. We're, we're not called upon by God to understand. We're called upon by God to trust him. And God said to Paul, go. And everybody said, don't go. And Paul said God said to Paul, go. And everybody said, don't go. You're going to die. And Paul had to come to the place where he says, if I die, I die. I'm going. I'm going to trust God. And here you have a whole bunch of people who gathered, who are now called upon by God to trust him anyway, in spite of the fact that he did not do the same for them as he did for those people over there the night before trust me anyway that's not easy to do there's a story you've you know it because one time I was here and a group sang a song sang the song I'm going to quote and um I told the story (laughs) so I know at least some of you have heard it but um so there's a young couple Young in the ministry, they just graduated from Bible college and they've joined an evangelist and they're traveling around with evangelists and they're singing and and serving the Lord that way. And uh, they get to the church and he realizes he forgot his Bible. And he says to his wife, stay here, we're just two minutes down the road, I'm going to go back and get my Bible, right back. And he goes and he's gone and he's gone and the church service begins to start and he's still not back and they can't figure out what's going on. And then as people are coming in to the church service, like, did you see the accident down the road? Did you see the accident down the road? And long story short, he was killed in that car accident. Just driving two miles to get his Bible, or less than two miles, two minutes to get his Bible, and come back, he was killed. And here's this young wife, been married for about a year and just out of Bible college, they're serving the Lord, they're doing everything right, everything they're supposed to do. And all of a sudden, this comes upon them, and God says to her, trust me. Months pass, and she's going through his phone, and she finds the beginnings of what becomes this song. And he says to her, you know, there may come a time in which you and I aren't together. I don't know what the future has. He's saying this on an audio, on audio, audio file that he saved. He says, I don't know what God has in store, but if that time comes, I want you to trust God. And the song says this Peace is not an understanding, peace is knowing who you are, God. You're the God of wonder. Mighty are your deeds. Help my soul to trust in you, my king. And the chorus says, you are God. You do wonderful things. You are God. And it's to you that I sing. Your compassion and your mercy cannot be understood. For Fear God. Like no other God. You're God and you are good.
0: You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.